Vibrant. 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 Music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and this episode is all about outsourcing your studio admin. Hey there, beautiful teachers. Welcome back to another episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. If it's your first time joining me here, then you are super welcome. It's great to have you as part of our little podcast bubble community. So today we're talking about outsourcing your music teaching studio admin. And that can sound a bit strange or a bit foreign, so I want to put in some guidance around what we mean by that right at the outset. What I mean by outsourcing is just taking things off of your plate. That's all it really means. In most cases, when people say outsourcing, what they mean is hiring out, hiring someone, usually a contractor, to do some work for you. Does that sound good? Does that sound appealing? Some people find that a bit intimidating. And so I want to be clear that that's not what we're about here. We're not going to suggest something that is for big mega studios that you could never do in your own personal self-employed little studio. This is something practical that absolutely all music teachers can do. So we're looking at outsourcing in that sense, but we're also going to be considering outsourcing to automation or to software. Because there are certain things that humans need to do, and there are certain things these days that humans do not need to do. And that is a good thing that we can celebrate rather than worrying about computers taking over our lives. First of all, though, let's talk about why you would even want to outsource this stuff. It may be obvious to some of you, but others will be looking at this going, I'm fine. And yeah, you're probably fine. You're probably getting through it okay. But chances are you've got a to-do list. And chances are, not all the things on your to-do list have anything to do with your expertise as a music teacher. Do they? Is your to-do list full of things that only you could do or only someone with your qualifications could do? Do you only do things that are at your pay grade, quote-unquote, that are up to your skill level? I doubt it. I know I catch myself doing things that I shouldn't really be doing all of the time. So you might be in the same boat. The hourly rate for a music teacher is not the same as one for someone who works in an office doing data entry. That's just a fact, or at least it should be a fact. If you are not charging more than the average temp office agency rate, then please up your fees. But chances are, you are. You charge more for that time. And you charge more for that time, number one, because you do spend time outside of those teaching hours. So it's not a pure hourly rate at the rate you're charging, right? You spend time outside of your teaching hours doing work for your students. And that is part of it. But even when it comes beyond that, you should still be making more than the average temp from a temp agency. So if that's the case, then isn't it 
perfectly reasonable that you would hire someone to do some of the, that office work. Let's do a little thought experiment of sorts, a little walkthrough. How much do you make per teaching hour? How much do you charge per teaching hour? I know you're not charging per the lesson, you got the memo, but how much would you be charging per teaching hour if you did charge that way? We can all work out that figure. Let's say it's $100 an hour, just for fun, okay? So it's $100 an hour per teaching hour. Now, how long are you spending on some task? Let's take a task as an example. Updating your website. So you go in every week and you update the plugins and you check over everything. You check the form entries, whatever you have to do to keep your website up to date. So let's say you do that once a week and it takes you, oh, let's be moderate. Let's say it takes you 15 minutes, okay? So that 15 minutes at your hourly rate is $25. $25, okay. Now, here's the question. Would you pay a general assistant, because this doesn't even require much technical expertise, a general assistant, would you pay them $25 for 15 minutes? Would you pay them $100 an hour? No! That is not the going rate for someone who does that job. And there's a good reason behind that. Why do we get to charge more? Because we had to start music at age six or seven, most of us, study for all of those years, potentially go to college for music, study for those years intensely, put in hours and hours of practice time, and then learn to teach. Our rates are justified and they're specialized. They're not something people can pick up just because, you know, they know how to use a computer, <laughs> which is something most people know how to use now. So this is not your area of expertise and someone else could do it cheaper. And in some cases, you could automate these things. So this doesn't have to be about web design help. I'm just giving you an example or web update help. I'm just giving you an example there. It could be about invoicing, bookkeeping, anything admin staff related. Let's take this thought experiment a little bit further. And I want you to imagine yourself, your business, as a big company. Now, I said right at the outset that this was going to be something relevant to small studios, and it absolutely is. But just imagine that you were a big, giant music school. You have 50 teachers, thousands of students. You would have admin staff, right? I mean, it would be like a school. So you'd have an office, and there'd be admin staff there. And which of the jobs that you do now would be done by that office? Those are the things that you can take off your plate. Another way to look at this, if you can't think it through in that way, is to just make a list of all the things you do. <laughs> Sounds laborious and it definitely is. But for a week, maybe two weeks if you're uber dedicated, start writing down absolutely everything you do as you do it. You can do this in a time log way, that's a great exercise as well, but even if you just make a list, you know, invoicing, and then you check out some new books, 
on YouTube. Watch a YouTube review of some new piano books. Then you do this, then you do that. And then go through that list and highlight the, all the ones that genuinely no one else could do. And if you're someone who's quite good trolling, really, really think about it. Genuinely, only you could do these things. So that example I get, gave of checking out a new book on YouTube, you need to have that information inside your brain and you need to put your opinion onto it, right? You need to assess it yourself in, in a lot of cases. So fair enough, you need to watch that YouTube video, that's fine. But you don't need to do those invoices, someone else could do that. So that's two different ways to think about this problem. Once you have your list of things that not only you could do, the not-for-you tasks, then you can look at where to get rid of them. And before we launch into the two ways, how you automate it or how you outsource it to someone else, let's just have a quick sidebar together about money. I know, I know. Because you're yelling at me right now, right? Or you're rolling your eyes at me. Even worse, right? That's so much worse than getting yelled at. Is someone just rolling their eyes in your face? Because you are. Because you're thinking, okay, great, Nicola. Very nice for you in your ivory tower. But I can't spend this money. I don't have it. Come back to that thought about your rates. You do have it. If you are spending all of your time, and I'm not talking specifically to teachers who are just starting out right now, but if you've been teaching for a little while and you have a fairly full roster, you do have that money if you budget correctly and you're charging the right rates. And you can spend that time on better things. What you're doing by outsourcing or automating this work is buying yourself back time. You all tell me you don't have time to do this or to do that. And this is one way that you can get some of it back. And you can spend it on things that only you can do. Or you can spend it on things that are important to you, that have nothing to do with work. You can buy back this time to spend with your family or to make more money in better ways. So, you have two options, as I've mentioned, to get these things off your plate once you have your list. And they are automation and outsourcing. In most cases, automation is going to be the cheaper option. In most cases, but not always. Still, it is the best first stop if you're thinking about getting something off of your plate. Now this will of course require a little bit of research, but it's that investment that is going to pay off later. So look at your list and think about which things you can imagine maybe a computer is able to do by now. For example, I've mentioned it already, but invoicing. You do not need to be creating invoices in Excel or on a piece of paper and emailing them to your studio families each month or each semester. It just doesn't have to happen, okay? So you can automate that. You can use something like My Music Staff, or if you're not up for all of the features that they have, which are wonderful, if you only want invoicing, Wave is a free software that can do this, W-A-V-E. Okay, so there's no excuses there. This can be done for free online. Now, 
there are other things that you can automate that might not be quite as obvious. For example, emails. A lot of emails that you send out are actually pretty predictable. And you might think you put a personal touch on them, but you can still do that if you do them ahead of time. There are great examples of this inside our essential email templates, which are in the Vibrant Music Teaching Library. So if you head into there, you'll see a lot of the ones that I'm sending out. And I would encourage you to, yes, sure, take them, use them as much as you want. They're called templates for a reason. But also take them and use them as inspiration. There may be different things in your business that you email about often that I haven't included a template for. But this will spark the thought process and get you thinking about what you could organize ahead of time. Once you have your email templates, there's a couple of different ways that you can automate them. So first of all, you can just streamline things by using something like the templates feature in Gmail. This is the best option if you have emails that you really do need to put a bit of a specific to each student touch into. So for example, the first lesson email that I send out, so that's after the first lesson, I send an email that says, oh, the first lesson was awesome. Here's what to do next. Here's how to manage practice this first week. And I want to put some specific details about that child because I want the parent to know that I see their kiddo, that they're an individual to me, and that I see what makes them awesome and unique, right? So that is a template in Gmail. It's not something that I schedule way ahead of time or have go out automatically. But after the third lesson, that's when the emails start being automatic because it's the same information that I want everyone to know and it's better that it's dripped out over time. So those essential email templates can provide great inspiration and starting points for your emails that are going to go out to parents, not just for new parents as in that example, but lots of different situations are covered within that series. So as you take a look at your outsourcing list, start with the ones that you think you could automate, look up a option to automate it or ask other teachers if they know good options. And then once you find one, write down beside it what the service is and how much it costs on your list. Because in occasional cases, software can be a little bit pricey, depends on the situation. And if it's going to be very pricey, you might, it might actually be cheaper to get a human to do it. So price it out, write down the best option that you can find for each one. And whichever ones you can put into action straight away, do it because it'll take that off your plate sooner. Then you're left with a list, a hopefully smaller list of things that can't be automatic. That really do have to be done manually to some degree. Okay, now you have the option to outsource these. So when I talk about outsourcing in this way, I'm talking about hiring someone to do that specific task or hiring a more general assistant who can do these kinds of tasks going forward. I'm going to suggest that you start out by hiring someone for just one task. This is less efficient in a lot of ways because you need to go and look for that person for that task and hire them And it may take you almost as much time as the task would have taken, I'm going to be honest. But what you're doing here is you're learning about the process of hiring people. And that's important. The first few times, you might get this a bit wrong. 
You might not provide the clearest instructions, there might be misunderstandings, or you might not pick the right person for the job. I talk through the full process of hiring someone for a specific task inside our new Productivity Power-Up course. So I have a full tutorial in there for using Upwork and I share my tricks and tips for setting this up and I actually walk through the full process. So I'm hiring someone in that tutorial, I'm hiring someone for some specific repetitive task of adding certain repertoire into Tanara. So I'm hiring someone for that task in the tutorial. I show the full process of how I go into Upwork, how I set up the job, how I choose the right candidate, how I manage them through the process of them completing the task and the results of it, which were great. So if you want to check that out, if you're a member, just go into the video library. If you're not a member, you can sign up at vmt.ninja and you'll get instant access to that as well as tons of other resources. I suggest you start by hiring out a few tasks in that way described in that video. And then once you get used to it, start to build up a list of all of the things like this as they occur. They may be one-offs, and some of them may be things that happen again and again. And once you build up a little bit of a list, you might consider hiring someone, a, still a contractor, still a freelancer, not an employee, but someone who will do these things week after week. You can hire someone like that for just a couple of hours a week. It absolutely does not have to be a huge long-term commitment. Many people are happy with a job that is one or two hours a week, right? So consider hiring someone more long-term, but do the task-by-task task hiring a few times before you do that because you're going to learn so, so much through that process. And again, you can find the tutorial for that inside the Productivity Power-Up course. I hope that this episode has given you some food for thought around outsourcing your admin. I truly believe that many teachers are doing tasks that they just don't need to be doing, that are not a good use of their time. So I hope that if you're in that boat, that you'll consider getting some of those tasks off your plate so you can spend more time doing things you love and that are truly important for you to do. That's it for this week. I'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. The Productivity Power-Up course is our brand new course that is going to help you to save time. Do I need to say any more? Go check it out inside the video library or go to vmt.ninja to subscribe if you're not yet a member.